Chris Bryant, Freddie Freeman, and Carlos Correa. According to MLB Trade Rumors, those are the top three remaining free agents. Whenever the lockout ends, are the Giants going to be in on any of those players? Of course, Chris Bryant finished the year with the Giants, and so he seems like a logical fit to potentially return. And then Carlos Correa is a dark horse possibility for the Giants, given all their financial flexibility and just ability to strike if the right opportunity presents itself. So uh, coming up next, I'm going to talk with Miller Thomas about where these free agents are going to land. And that's all coming up next on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes, actually three days a week for now, given that uh, where we are in the offseason, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. And as I said, coming up on today's show, this is part three of three of my conversation with Miller Thomas, the host of Locked on D-backs. This was an hour-long conversation, and we broke it into three episodes. So if you want to hear the rest of it and you haven't yet, you can just go back and listen to the last couple of episodes. But coming up today, we're going to be talking about the top three remaining free agents and where we think they're going to land. And then we're going to talk about some more under the radar free agents that I would be interested in the Giants targeting. Uh, And so, yeah, that that conversation is coming up now. And we begin it with talking about Chris Bryant and whether I think he's going to return to the Giants. Next up on the list, Ben, is your guy. Number four on MLB Trade Rumors Top 50 Free Agents, Chris Bryant, projected six years, $160 million. Are the Giants bringing him back, or are they just going to let him walk like a Kevin Gosman, Ben? I think ultimately they're going to let him walk like a Kevin Gosman, and it it depends on what the contract ultimately is. I think it's really interesting. I looked at MLB Trade Rumors, ESPN, and Fangraphs. They all did top 50 lists, and I looked at them all, I wrote them all down and I averaged. Well, let's just say I looked at them all. And for Bryant, Fangraphs has him getting $200 million. MLB Trade Rumors, like you said, $160 million. ESPN has him at five years, $90 million. So just a massive range here, $90 million to $200 million for Bryant. And I think Giants fans kind of saw this firsthand. He was great initially, but then he just kind of fell off a little bit and wasn't the superstar that people were hoping he would be. He was more good than great. And so if the cost is really eight years, 200 million, or even six years, 160 million, I personally, and then I think the Giants as well, don't necessarily see that as the correct value for a Chris Bryant. 
However, if his market kind of plummets and he really is in the, you know, five-year $90 million range, I think at that point it becomes an intriguing value and you're getting a player with huge upside potentially. It's just, if you look at the numbers, like he was so good his first two, three years in the league and he just really hasn't quite been on that level or since. And so I don't know what you're going to get, especially like Fangraphs predicting an eight-year deal. I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that given his size. He's not great defensively anywhere. He can play third. He can play the outfield. But none of them does he play particularly well, and Giants fans saw that as well. So if he's a first baseman or if he's a DH for you down the road, how much really do you want to invest, especially if the bat is in some decline? So there's there's definitely a question to me as to whether he comes back. Yeah, there's definitely some red flags with Chris Bryant. I think if you said eight years, that's probably too long for my liking because he is going to be 30 years old. And if it's over $160 million, I'm probably out on a Chris Bryant. That value is probably too much for me. If it's closer to 90 or 130 million that might be okay over five years but like you said the last couple of years have just been kind of weird for chris bryant the 2020 season he only played 34 games again 2020 was weird for a lot of players in baseball but it was weird for him 2021 was a big bounce back but still like you said it wasn't as good of a season as we've seen in the past and 2019 was pretty good but wasn't as good as that season so I don't like it when guys are kind of their career is moving in the opposite direction. That's why I feel like I'm more okay giving Castellanos a big contract, you know, a, a similar contract as opposed to Chris Bryant, just because Castellanos' career seems to be going in an upward trajectory as opposed to Chris Bryant, who seems to be maybe going in a little bit of a decline. So I think there are some red flags there for Chris Bryant that makes me nervous. But if I had to pick a team for him, it might be the New York Mets because they were already in on him at the trade deadline. I feel like they usually gravitate toward players who can play multiple defensive positions, even if they're not great at it, like a Jonathan Villar. They like guys that can play second, first, third, outfield, like a Chris Bryan who can play multiple defensive positions. So I think the Mets would like him. He's also been an MVP. He's a champion. So he's got a little pedigree to him too. The Mets don't have a lot of pedigree in that organization. So I can see a Chris Bryant going to New York Mets. But like you said, if the value's too much, if it's like, do I want to get Castellanos for $50 million less than a Chris Bryant? I might just do that deal. Like if they're both going to be similar type players, I could get one guy for $50 to $75 million less. Like you're saying like if, if he gets close to that $200 million contract and Castellanos gets close to that $100 million contract, then like just give me Castellanos because I think on paper their production probably won't be much different even though Chris Bryant's got a little bit more versatility to him defensively so I, I think I would probably actually lean to a Castellanos over Chris Bryant because that contract just might be a lot cheaper than a Chris Bryant's but let's move on to the next guy here Ben we only got two guys less uh two guys left and the next one is Freddie Freeman who's projected a six-year $180 million deal. I'm actually surprised he's still a free agent. I thought he was, I, I didn't even consider him a free agent because I thought the Braves were going to lock him up as soon as that World Series ended. And here we are, lockout. He doesn't have a contract. So, what are you expecting for Freddie Freeman? Do you actually believe he could leave Atlanta? This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, built bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, 
and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And this is so important to me. I refuse to eat a candy bar that, or excuse me, a protein bar that is actually like a candy bar. You look at the sugar contents and you're up around 20 grams of sugar. It's ridiculous. I might as well just eat a a candy bar. But with Built Bar, you get the health, healthy profile, but super high in protein, low in calories. It really is just the perfect combination. So this holiday season, head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I believe it now more than I did initially. Like you, I just thought uh, exact same reaction. He's just not even on the board. Forget about him. He's going back to Atlanta. Kind of a similar feeling with like a Clayton Kershaw. It's just like, and I thought Scherzer was going back to LA actually. So that was a relief to get him out of the division. But for Freddie Freeman, yeah. I mean, I think I would still say the odds are that he ends up back with Atlanta, but there, there seems to be a legitimate shot given that they couldn't get something done despite, you know, he's been there forever. He grew up in the, in the area, grew up a Braves fan, and they win a World Series. And he's been their franchise player. It just seems like obvious that they will bring him back. But who knows? There are some teams that could use him. He's a really, really good player. And uh, I just don't know that the Braves are... I, I, I ultimately think the Braves will give him what he wants, but I think the Dodgers might be lurking there uh actually i do think he grew up in la i think i said he grew up i think he grew up in la now that i say that um and then the red Sox are a possible fit as well so we'll see but i'm going with atlanta until there's reason to believe otherwise yeah i think he's going back to atlanta and even though he's gonna be like 32 years old like i would give him that six-year 180 million dollar deal because i think his production is a lot more bankable than a guy like chris bryant's plus he's a pretty good defender too he's just been super consistent the last few years i mean 2021 was a little bit of a down season i guess if you compare it to like 2019 but he still had crazy numbers like 30 plus bombs i'm looking at it uh 900 ops 300 average so i I feel pretty comfortable giving freddie freeman that kind of contract i do not want to go i do not want to see him go to the dodgers because f the dodgers that would be insane if they added a freddie freeman on top of everything else they already have so i feel like he has to go back to the braves like he's basically the face of their franchise like if they just let Freddie Freeman walk, I, I guess they maybe gave him a qualifying offer so they could get possibly a draft pick back. I'm not even sure if that's true, but they just let Freddie Freeman walk. Like, at least the Red Sox and the Rockies traded their franchise players. Like, if you just let him walk in free agency, especially if he goes to a team like the LA Dodgers, like, Atlanta's going to be in an uproar. We might see some Kurt Schilling riots happening in Atlanta. So, uh, that cannot happen if you are an Atlanta Braves fan. So, We'll see what happens with Freddie Freeman, but like you, I, I just can't believe this guy's actually going to uh, leave that city because he's been the heartbeat of that team for so many years. I just feel like he's a lifer there, but I think I would have said, you know, Mookie Betts is a lifer in a Red Sox uniform, and that didn't happen, so things change. So we'll see what happens with Freddie Freeman, but the last guy on the board, Ben, who I'm kind of surprised, maybe you could tell me if you agree that this guy should be the number one free agent, but Carlos Correa, I, I don't know if I actually feel like, I, I think he's a damn good baseball player, but do I think he's the best free agent on the market? I might actually, 
lean to a Freddie Freeman or a Max Scherzer over a Carlos Correa, but he's projected 10 years, 320 million. Whoever's going to give Carlos Correa the bag, uh, it's going to be very happy to get him, but they, they're also going to have him for a very long time. It might be an albatross by the end of it, so we'll see. But how do you feel about Carlos Correa? Do you think he's the best free agent on the market? And who do you think might be interested in him? I'm not sure that he's the best, only because of, for me, like the injury history. If you look at 2017, 2018, he only played around 110 games each of those years, and then 75 games in 2019. Uh, the last couple years have been healthy. Last year, though, wasn't a full season, so who knows what would have happened if it was. And so if I'm giving you know 10 years, 300-plus million dollars to a player, I'd like ideally the player to have a long history of being healthy every year. So that concerns me a little bit, but the talent is undeniable. And the thing is, he's a really good defensive shortstop, arguably one of the very best defensive shortstops in the game. And the man can just flat out hit. He, he gets on base, he hits for power. He really does everything you could possibly want in the, on a baseball field. The one thing is, though, the the cheating stuff, right? The Astros <laughs> sign stealing. We don't know exactly how much of the production was boosted by that. And so that's just something to keep in mind. I, I probably would have had um, Corey Seager as a more desirable free agent. But but also with Correa, it has to be said, he's he's only 27. And so that's part of why I think he's ranked as the top free agent in terms of fits i just for whatever reason tell me if i'm crazy i mean you have trevor story going there which i thought was a good call but i i just see correa ultimately ending up with the yankees but i think that the phillies also make some sense i thought the tigers made a ton of sense but they went out and got Baez. so i kind of am stumped on on where he'll end up it's hard to envision this 300 plus million dollar contract like who's going to give it out because i think he will command that after seeker signed for 325 mm -hmm. over 10 years it's hard to argue that correa is not worth about the same amount bet online has you covered all season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know who's gonna give him. Maybe it's a dark horse team that we haven't even discussed. Maybe it's like maybe it's like one of those, you know, bottom feeder teams like the Rangers just did, where they're like, hey, we could just go get this blue chipper and add him to our team and just have him for the next 10 years of his career. And all of a sudden we at least got a building block for the future. So we'll see what happens. But like you said, I wasn't really 
you know, too keen on his injury history before because I'm looking at his baseball reference right now. 2021 was the first time he played over 110 games since 2016. He's basically played 110 games or less over the last few years. So that's, of course, you got the 2020 season mixed in there. But 2019, 75 games, 2018, 110, 2017, 109. So basically you have to go back to 2016 was the last time he played a full season. So I think you definitely have to be concerned with his ability to stay on the field. But being 26, going to be 27 definitely helps. His numbers are pretty phenomenal. So I wonder who's going to go after him and give him that bag. A team that I feel like I like for him that doesn't, I, I don't think it's the best fit, but I could just see there being connection. It's the Red Sox for some reason. I don't know why. They, of course, already have Bogarts, but I feel like they might want to shift around that infield a little bit. Not, you know, move off of Bogarts or anything, but maybe eventually move Bogarts to third base and then Devers to DH because Devers just hasn't been a very good defensive player, even though I think he's one of the best offensive players in baseball. Defensively, there's a lot of struggles for him around the diamond. So I think eventually, as J.D. Martinez gets a little bit older, he only has like a season or two left on his deal. Maybe once he leaves and moves on, move Devers to DH, move Bogarts to third, and then Kapakorea at shortstop, or they kind of have a hole at second base too. Maybe he could work out something there. So that's just a wild dart at the dartboard. There's not really a fit there or need there for the Red Sox but I kind of just like that Correa to the Red Sox thing but if he goes to the Yankees like if he goes to any AL, AL East team especially the Red Sox Yankees like that would just be a big F you to the Astros especially after the sign stealing and after all that I mean I guess the Red Sox beat the Astros so maybe they don't have as much animosity toward them but if you're a Yankees fan if you get Carlos Correa like you're putting your middle finger up and you're gonna be feeling good about yourself after this offseason and lockout so Carlos Correa, all the guys we just mentioned, there are a lot of big names still on the market. And there's still a ton of names that we didn't talk about, like a Michael Conforto, who is going to be uh, who's going to be pretty valuable because he could be an all-star level outfielder, too, that might not break the bank for you. So there's still a ton of free agents on the market still. Are, are there any free agents on the market that we haven't mentioned today that you kind of like or have your eye on for the Giants? Uh, Seiya Suzuki is really intriguing, uh, being posted from Japan. I think he's kind of a great unknown, but he was the best player in Japan. And so I think there's, there's some real intrigue. And I've heard a lot of, uh, scouts say that he could be the best Japanese player since Hideki Matsui. And so I'm intrigued by Seiya Suzuki and he actually fits, uh, something that the Giants are looking for, which is a right-handed outfielder. And you mentioned Michael Conforto as well and i think kyle schwarber is kind of an intriguing guy in some ways and uh and carlos rodan in the uh, starting rotation uh those are some of the guys but there are more there's there's still a lot of quality players left yeah this is gonna be a really good free agency hopefully after this lockout we'll see how much time is left before uh the season starts because by the time the lockout ends like it might be another scramble we might have you know, an off-season part two where everyone's scrambling and another free agent frenzy where everyone's trying to get signed before spring training because the lockout might end and it might be pitchers and catchers reporting the week after. So we'll see what happens with all this CBA stuff. There's going to be probably some rule changes. Probably the landscape of baseball is going to change a little bit. And after this off-season, like, there's going to be some big-time players switching hands. We've already seen it so far this offseason. So this is going to be one of the better baseball offseasons in recent history, maybe the best since, like, that Albert Pujols offseason. That's probably the last big offseason for baseball that sticks out in my mind, unless you have another one, Ben. But 
that's probably it for today, Ben. I mean, I've had you on here for an hour. I told you 30 minutes over our Twitter DMs, and we've just done double that. So I apologize for keeping you here 30 minutes today, but I greatly appreciate your time and hopping on the pod today, Ben. But for the people who are not watching the YouTube stream, Ben, where can they find you on social media? I'm uh, at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K, and then the show account at L-O underscore SF Giants. And like you always say, you can just search Locked on Giants and you'll find it. So, and what about for my listeners? Where where can they find you again? Yeah, I know you already said it, but say it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been going for an hour now, so they might yeah, have they forgotten. forgot. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> at Creator Thomas twenty four for my personal account, or like Ben, just look up Locked On Dime back to my Twitter and Instagram. Even though I'm pretty inactive on Instagram, gotta do better there. Just look up Locked On Dime back to my Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Ben Caspic, Locked On Giants. Thank you for hopping on the pod today, sir. Any last minute thoughts before we head out today? End the lockout. I'm tired of it, even though it's not going to end anytime soon. But uh, but that's just that's what came to mind. Retweet that sentiment. I think we're going to end this podcast perfectly after perfectly at one hour. So Ben Caspic, Locked On Giants, Miller Thomas, Locked On Dimebacks crossover for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, y'all, and have a good night. Deuces. All right, that is all the time we have for today. And that concludes my conversation with Millard Thomas from Locked on D-backs. Thank you so much to Millard uh, for taking the time. And I thought it was just a really interesting conversation uh, that you can listen to the full thing. If you haven't already, the last two episodes were also talking with Millard. So, of course, it is Christmas week. We're going to have one more episode out this week at some point, whether it's tomorrow or the 24th or the 25th. I haven't completely determine that yet. We are three days a week for now. And of course, at some point, we will return to being a daily show. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again later on this week. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.